0: Namo tassa bhagavato arahato asmassa buddhassa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato asmassa buddhassa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato asmassa buddhassa Buddhaangadhamang sanga So in the um, Buddhist teachings, um, there's an awful lot of context that's given before people are diving into meditation practice. And, you know, in the Western world, we sort of dive into meditation practice and then 10, 15, 20, 30 years down the road, we begin to get a little curious about the context. So it's typical, you know, in North America, we do things sometimes a little bit back to front. And that's just the way we do it. That's what we like to do, and that's what we do. So in a um, in a monastery context, in a traditional context, one of the things that happens regularly is uh, a process of asking for forgiveness. And so in um, our evening chanting, there's a way of asking for forgiveness. And with our teachers, there's a way of asking for forgiveness. And when we do something that... Uh, is disturbing or distressing to an individual in a community, we can ask for forgiveness. And asking for forgiveness really is a way of acknowledging um, concern about action that has been unskillful as a way of, of clearing the deck so that we're not constantly carrying a baggage load full of everything that happened in the past into the present and into the future. And so it's, and then when it's done, not just as a ceremony, but really done as an opportunity to acknowledge and to clarify and to clear and to let go, it's, it's really helpful, you know, as a regular part of life, to have periodic times where one just takes stock of, you know, do I feel regretful about anything? You know, have I caused distress to somebody? Do I need to uh, make amends? Do I need to acknowledge it and ask for forgiveness? You know, so it's not, you know, a heavy-duty trip where somebody's, you know, punishing you. It's each person themselves is asking for forgiveness. They're coming forward with that intention themselves as a way of lightening the load, of clearing whatever um, uh, things that are left unresolved between an individual or a community or whatever. And so as a part of, you know, monastic culture, we would have times stir- throughout... Like, we would do this daily, we would do this in seasons, and then if we were going to be leaving for big trips or leaving the monastery, the community, then we would have ceremonies of asking for forgiveness as a way of just clearing the air, you know, and just acknowledging and expressing appreciation. So in terms of what happens with asking for forgiveness, you know, asking for forgiveness is not... um, it's not a magic wand. It's not a pink marshmallow goo that's spread on top of reality that makes life disappear. It's a way of, of, of bringing together the wholesome intention to recognize if there's been anything that I've done that hasn't been skillful, that I'm, I'm willing to take responsibility for that and acknowledge it and stay in relationship with you as I do that. So I'm I'm willing to acknowledge that I've done something that has been unskillful, and 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 then and then be open to hearing the the either the feedback or the impact or the the receiving of that forgiveness. And the point of this is not to solidify a bad person. The point of this is to notice that there's a cause and effect relationship between the things that we do that are unskillful and the impact it has and to move forward Okay, so it's not to, to be entrenched in guilt, it's actually to release the kind of baggage so that we can move forward with a clear slate and open heart without uh, harboring resentments without having um, a lot of Uh, you know, a big story that we're telling ourselves about who we are, about who somebody else is or about, you know, what's been going on and so, you know, we can see that, that there's elements to asking for forgiveness that are actually really skillful and it just, you know, we don't have a culture that, where that happens very often you know, how many families have a regular process of asking for forgiveness of each other, you know it's just, not, it's just not something that normally happens. And yet, you know, it, it, there's room to consider that it might be a good thing, you know. Because in families there's always things that happen that are confusing or hurtful or misunderstanding. or, You know, that's just what happens in relationship. And if we don't have any real mechanism for clearing it, then we're left entirely to our own resources to figure everything out. So, one of the things that can happen, which it can be really helpful with traditions, is they can give you a context for navigating some of this stuff that doesn't have context otherwise, you know? And that is why it can be useful. In terms of the actual internal mechanisms of what happens with asking for forgiveness, it's not a, a kind of like a, a, cl- a clearing the slate where one's saying that nothing matters. It's not saying that no matter what happened, there are no consequences. It's not, you know, making. It's not a. It's not a. A nullifying the impact of one's actions. It's a recognition that it's it it's it's useful to no longer bind ourselves to the suffering that might have happened, and that the way that we can move forward is by recognition, acknowledgement, and asking. You know, can I? Can I ask for forgiveness now for this? You know, have I have I suffered enough? Have you suffered enough? Have, can we move forward? And so the 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 movement of mind is a wholesome one, and yet we can see that there's some challenges to this. You know, there's a challenge to even think this way. It's not something that we normally think about. You know, and then it's like, all right, so who do we do this with? you know and so it's helpful not to start with the with the people where there's the most intense you know experience of harm but to start where it feels you know more manageable until one has a feeling for what is it like to bring forward that intention to ask for forgiveness and and then to make oneself vulnerable to just what their reaction is you know what happens and especially in a situation where there isn't a well established culture around it, you know, it feels like it's an uncharted territory. In, a, in a, a culture where this is something that happens regularly, you know, and teachings on it, you know, the teachings on forgiveness in a Buddhist context is, is, is that it's always useful to acknowledge a person's request for forgiveness and to honor it, you know not in a way where one denies or discredits one's own internal reality in order to do that but as a way of just acknowledging it takes courage it takes vulnerability it takes a heart that's willing to recognize that you know there might have been some harm that has happened and to to notice that and to and to say you know I want to move forward and not let this be something that conditions the, the future you know I don't want this to color the way I look at myself and the way I look at you so it's very helpful so in asking for forgiveness we can ask for forgiveness to people who have harmed us and that can be in little ways and big ways or, in, or ask for forgiveness for people that we have hurt or harmed or somehow not been present for and that can be in little ways or big ways or quite significant ways, you know. And um, and we can also extend forgiveness, you know. We can, in our own mind, we can consider the people who have hurt us or who have harmed us, and we can make the intention to release any resentment that we feel because of their. Black or their unskillfulness or their negligence or their or their uh, cruelness, and so that we're not being bound by the past. you know we can we can make that intention. And again, when we're starting this as a practice, it's really helpful not to start in the deep end, you know, to start with the shallow end where we're touching things that have, uh, you know, we're not getting terribly activated by, or they're not, you know, things that were just absolutely catastrophic and devastating, but, you know, stuff that was a little bit, just really a little bit painful, but not, but manageable. And there's a particular kind of meditation practice that's not so much specifically about forgiveness, but it's related. It's about, you know, being empathetic and resonating with somebody else's pain. And I remember Pema Chodron was talking about one of her students was in a situation that was just incredibly difficult. You know, her one of her children was a drug addict, another child was a prostitute, and, you know, she was so over her depth in terms of navigating the suffering of her family. She could hardly touch any pain of anybody. I mean it's just totally overwhelming. And so, you know, Pema in- wisely encouraged her to say, well, you know, touch a suffering that you can you can manage. You know, what would that look like? So she said, Well, well I can manage the, the, the suffering of the 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 loss of the football team, the football team that didn't win. I could manage that. You know, I can touch that that amount of suffering is manageable. You know, I can I can go there. And so she was working with what she could manage, and in starting with that, then she got more capacity to how how that worked in her own system, so that eventually she was able to bring this to her family situation, which was just really intense and very extreme kind of suffering. It was just, it was huge. So you start with what you can manage. You start with where you're at. You don't start where you can't manage. But what we see is, is is that you know one of the things that is a very, very interesting journey for many of us, and I can speak for myself. This is not abstract. This is that you know one of the places that's really the hardest is to forgive ourselves, and you know to forgive ourselves both for the times when we're not able to forgive others. And to forgive ourselves for the um, for the places where somehow we felt like we, we are the reason why things have gone wrong. Hi Bodhi, welcome. It's wonderful that you've come. Go get yourself a cushion that you're sitting on something. Just a blanket is too hard. Great. And for some of us, you know, forgiving ourselves is actually probably the biggest challenge, you know, where we can really feel the depth to which somehow we've made all of the problems in our world somehow originating because there was something fundamentally wrong with ourselves. You know, that there's something fundamentally at fault with ourselves or wrong with ourselves. And to really touch the pain of that and to begin to release that. You know, that 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 is not, that's not the correct way of looking at it. You know, that's the conditioned response that comes as a result of those circumstances in many of which were painful, and that that's often a very, very young child's best response towards making sense out of something that was completely not possible to make sense with otherwise, is to make oneself the cause of the problem and in order that the rest of the circumstance around can be safe or okay or good enough. And so, you know, to navigate this and the depth of this and to really touch the pain of this, it takes a lot of courage, it takes a lot of persistence, it takes a lot of of recognizing that this is a conditioned response, this is not actually the reality, you know. This is not actually the truth, This is the way I fabricated the truth, which was my best guess on the way to survive a situation that I didn't have the capacity to navigate in another way. And it's a humbling journey, you know, to touch this and to recognize sometimes the degree to which this stuff is landed. And, you know, it can be under layers and layers and layers of brightness and competence and capacity and presentation and and underneath all of that can be this fundamental sense that there's something fundamentally wrong with me and whenever there's pain around me it's because I've done something wrong, you know. So it can take quite a significant perseverance to touch the layers and see them for what they are and to really get underneath and touch that and to feel it, to know it, and to let it release. It and as we have that ability to forgive ourselves, you know, to, to reframe the situation where we're not holding ourselves to be the responsible one for the things around us that are going wrong. And it also helps lubricate the kind of wheel that makes it easier to forgive others. So as we can forgive ourselves, then we can understand the pain of not forgiving, and we can see that any time somebody asks, acts in a way that's unskillful, it's coming from a fundamental place of lack of balance. You know, people that are well in themselves, and resourced in themselves, and connected to their most uh, deepest part of themselves, they don't do things that are cruel, or are negligent or you know, unsensitive or hurtful you know, people don't act that way in an ordinary circumstance so then when we can touch our own way in which we configured you know, badness around ourselves and the pain that precipitated that that can help us have more context around looking and seeing with the people around us and how there are, there is a reason why people do the things that they do. We might not always know what it is, but we can trust that there is a reason why people do things that are hurtful, and to not hold on and harbor resentment because that happens. And then as we let go, as we forgive, as we let go, as we are not harboring resentment then there's all kinds of things that can open up in terms of you know our body can relax our blood pressure can quiet down our minds can become less active and less busy we can sleep better you know our digestion can work better you know so it can affect us physiologically in very very significant ways but it also can bring about the capacity to feel more joy And so, you know, one of the things about forgiveness is is that it's coupled with gratitude practice. You know, it's really hard to let the body feel filled with gratitude when we're feeling, you know, ripped off and we want to kill somebody, you know. It's hard to move from that mind state into, you know, the sense of fullness or, or appreciation or... Even recognizing you know, the blessings and the benefits of what are present in the present moment. So forgiveness is really a kind of like essential first step in order to practice and cultivate gratitude. And you know there's just a, a, an interesting process of cultivating gratitude and, and sometimes it can be helpful to have a, like a journal where for three minutes at the end of every day or a set time of every day, you just write about the things that you feel grateful for. And just notice, you know, how it how it what it is that you're focusing on. You know, you had you know, your fingers were warm when it was ten degrees outside, or that the coffee tasted good, or that you know, that you were able to have an extra piece of pumpkin pie that there was enough left. You know, it can be anything. And then just watch how it shifts, you know, just the appreciation that I can walk, that I can see, you know, that I can talk. You know, today I was taking the bus from Boulder here, and at one of the stops there was a man in a wheelchair who also was dressed as Santa and had a white beard and a hat and a red jacket. And... And 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 in order for him to get on the bus, there's a big thing to get somebody who's in a wheelchair on the bus. You know, three seats have to collapse, and the driver goes outside and opens the door and brings down the lift and gets him on the lift and secures him in the lift and brings him up and in and secures him in and then closes the lift. I mean, it's a performance. And 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 yet, you know. I, It's just far out. Here's this guy in a wheelchair dressed like Santa, you know? And, you know, I saw him and I thought, you know, well, wow for him. And, you know, and isn't it amazing that there's only one person in a wheelchair on this whole bus. The rest of us have legs that can work, you know? And it's like, you know, we don't think about that unless we're in contact with somebody who's in a wheelchair, we just don't think about the fact that we've got legs that work. It just completely passes our attention, you know? So begin to dialing into the stuff that we're missing, you know, the fact that, you know I had enough food to eat today, and it was warm. Warm food and enough of it to eat. You know, on a cold day, you know how few people in this world percentage-wise, have enough food that's warm on a cold day? It's like incredible privilege. To have enough food that's warm on a cold day, and we miss it. We don't notice that, you know. We just miss it. Now, you know, some of you know I've had health issues, you know, that have been going on for quite a while, and I've got dramatic kinds of things that happen, and it gets worse for quite a while. And but basically, you know, it functions, it works. You know, I can go, I can do, I can talk, I can stop. You know, it, the whole thing more or less works. Every <laughs> once in a while it breaks down. But basically, it, it, it kind of goes, you know. And there are people who, are, who don't have that. You know, I was just speaking to, to Barb, and she was telling me that one of her dear friends has a, has a, has a child who's got Down syndrome. And he just recently was diagnosed with, with leukemia you know it's like you know oh. thank you hansa thank you yeah it's like oh my goodness you know wow you know so you know can we just focus on the blessings of our physical body and how much health and well-being that we have can we notice that you know how what a miracle it is that we can see you know or well, that we can feel, we can taste, we can touch, we can smell, you know, that we feel. It's awesome, but we don't remember that. You know? And then to begin to get a sense of, well, wow, you know, I've got a brain that functions. I can think, I can remember, I can reflect, I can I can I can imagine. I can envision. That's totally awesome, you know? I'm not just stuck in a something where I have no capacity to think about how I want to live or if the way I'm living is skillful. I have the capacity to reflect on all of those things, you know. And then to consider like the people in our lives who are impactful. You know, uh, the the people who are supportive, who are encouraging, who have our back, who we know that we can speak to and you know, their mouth is not going to run away with what we're saying, you know? It's not going to go anywhere. Or that, you know, that people know that no matter what you say, or no matter what kind of, of things that you do, that, that they trust you, that they've got confidence in you, you know? I mean, that's awesome. and then we can we can think about you know well you know here we are here in a meditation group where there's a path there's a practice there's teachings there's encouragement to actually transform our ordinary way of relating to the world in terms of something that's a radically different and completely liberating way of being you know so not only do i have this body that's totally amazing but I have a heart and a mind which can shift the ordinary way that I'm looking at things. And, and let the world be an expression of, of no grasping. My way of being in the world can be an expression of no suffering. But that's actually possible in this human life it's not just a fantasy or a dream it's actually something we can practice we can work at and we can we can live and in living that you know the kinds of things that we can open up to in our own minds in terms of the uh, experiences of what uh, kinds of love are possible or what kinds of understanding of of the nature of reality are possible or what you know the way in which we can feel connected to the the web of life. And so this this sense of the possibility is just, you know, vast in terms of what an awakened mind is like and how that is actually our nature. That's not something that we need to fabricate. That's nothing that we need to To gain access to something that's already present, you know. It's awesome, you know. Imagining a life where there's no suffering. That is absolutely awesome, you know. And it's actually our nature, that's what we're made out of. And to be in a context like this where there are people who are interested in practicing and living and working and speaking in ways that are supportive like that is also totally awesome because it's not that common where there are people who are interested in waking up. You know. A lot of people want to have fun, but not a lot of people want to wake up. So when we begin to like open up and start looking and considering you know there's just a lot of places where we can consider you know the blessings of our lives and you know the various people who support us and you know the gifts that we have and the gifts that we receive and and, and when we think about that you know what happens you know how does that feel It's very different from feeling resentful and snarky, you know, because of whatever, you know. I've got wind, you know, or, you know, whatever it is. And we do, you know, bodies have wind. That's sometimes what they have, but we have a choice of where we focus our attention, you know. And so when we practice the cultivation of gratitude, it begins to be something that we become more familiar with. And, 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 and learn to open up that capacity, to, to feel it, to know it, to allow it, to let it be something in our lives. So forgiveness is an important pr- practice, and it's a really important step for developing gratitude. And gratitude as a like a way of life is a is an important practice to 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 spend time with. And so, if it feels resonant to 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 spend three minutes every day, then I would encourage you to do that for a week or a month or two months or three months or longer, and to see what happens when you just spend three minutes focusing on what you feel grateful for. You know how it becomes to be something that is easier to access and to and just to watch the way the things that you're focusing on shift you know what does it look like so I want to stop here and have a conversation you know open up talk and feedback and then um, and then close with a guided meditation thank you for listening